Welcome to the Morty Vicar podcast. We are passionate about everyone in Bristol having an opportunity to respond to the invitation to follow Jesus and be disciples of his. And at Morty Vicar, we hope to equip anyone who listens to participate in that journey or similar journeys wherever they are around the world. Today, Wayne, what are we up to? Oh, that was me, wasn't it? Yes, today yeah. we are going to talk about how to follow God when you've gone, in inverted commas, off the map. Basically, how do you keep following God when circumstances change rapidly and dramatically around you? And in case anybody's wondering, that's generally what's happened worldwide in the last six to eight weeks. Yes. The other day on the BNA Stories podcast, which comes out every Tuesday, um, helping people to connect with what's going on in the life of our church at BNA here in Bristol, you were interviewing Jackie Urine, a, a member of our church council, and you referenced a book um, called Canoeing the Mountains, which is a slightly odd title. Um, and it's something that came back to us a few weeks ago. Do you want to just say a little bit about it? Yeah, we were both recommended the book. I worked it out, I think it's three years ago by the same person. And we both read it over the summer holidays. And at the time thought it was an okay book, but possibly a little bit contrived. Um, And then we've re-picked it up in the last week and gone, oh, this book is brilliant. The premise is taking the story of Lewis and Clark, who Thomas Jefferson sent uh, to um, after the Louisiana Purchase, I think uh, 1803, to travel America. They were going to go up the Missouri River and then they were going to drag their canoes across some land and pick up the Columbia River that they knew existed and then basically float their way down to the Pacific. And the idea was, could you get across America easily and quickly on water? Some other people had done it, but those people who'd done it had forgotten to write about the existence of the Rocky Mountains. And so Lewis and Clark got to the top of the hill at the headwaters of the Missouri and uh, instead of seeing a nice plane to drag some canoes across, saw the Rockies. And at that point, they had, a, they had a choice. Do they get back in the canoes and do they go home and tell Thomas Jefferson that it's not possible? Or do they go, well, we're here to explore. We're here to get to the Pacific. Let's give it a go. They went for option two. Uh, and it's a brilliant story. And in this book, Todd Balsinger, brilliant American name, yeah. um, applies the lessons of Lewis and Clark to church leadership in post-Christendom. And we've just been keenly aware that those lessons... Uh, are amplified in the kind of current situation we find ourselves in with COVID-19. Excellent. And um, it, the lessons we think are lessons that can be applied, not just for church leaders, but um, some of the stuff we're going to attempt to draw out today can be applied for everyone. Um, so Christians seeking to follow God in whatever sphere of life they are immersed on a daily basis. There are, I think there are two key lessons that we want to draw out for people today. Wayne, do you want to just summarise those for us? Yeah, uh, the first one uh, is, is, is know, know your purpose, um, or to use other pers- people's language, know your why. And this is something that I think can apply as an individual, as a household, in your place of work, um, and, and, and in your faith community, whether it be for us, a little church, or the wider church. Do you know your purpose or your why? Because if you know your purpose and you know your why, when circumstances change, you can apply those circumstances to your why, as opposed to trying to just get back to doing what you were doing before. That's really key. Um, I think you, uh, the second yeah. one, did you want to talk about the... Yeah, uh, well, so, so, so I think that's really important. Um, we've seen that in, the, in um, a few people already. Um, one individual springs to mind who was working in um, one particular um, profession um, uh, and has swiftly changed to working in another profession that's a member of our congregation. And it's clear um, from 
uh, our understanding of them as a person that they deeply care for people and their care for people has led them to go from one profession to another um, within a matter of weeks. Um, and, and what we see as the economy begins to slow down and or stops, um, that actually people are facing the threat of losing their jobs. Um, and, um, and so this is a time when people need to be thinking about that sense of purpose um, in their daily lives. Um, but also, I think in terms of parenting, um, you know, many people are homeschooling and actually um, uh, the, the enthusiasm of as the enthusiasm of homeschooling wears off, we need to reconnect with our why. You know, why did we get into parenting in the first place and what's what's our purpose with our children? Yeah. But also we've seen the opposite. We've seen church leaders um, around the country and um, uh, particularly just wanting um, to continue existing. Um, so they just want to go back to what they were doing before. So their why, their purpose was to continue existing. They just wanted wanted to carry on um, because that's their purpose. And now actually what they're, they're finding and they're going to find in the coming months is, is that um, that existence is under threat. Um, and so the conversation becomes about that, about their existence rather than about um, why they got why they and their predecessors got into it in the first place so that's question one why do you exist what's your purpose i just want to add on that one i think that that gets interestingly enough more important um the further off the map you go yeah further off the map you go there's a couple of there's a couple of things that happen uh number one is disillusionment um can kind of kick in um yeah. or new normal however you want to phrase it and the other one is opportunities to go back so kind of appear um, so you might go off the map and decide to go off the map and then a, a few hundred miles into the journey, there's an opportunity to route back. And actually, that's not simple and it's quite messy. So, for example, let's just use church that actually yeah. everybody's had to go off the map because in, in the world that you and I work in, everybody was told that they weren't allowed in their buildings. Um, there's going to come a, a time when lockdown is lifted and one person is allowed in a building and then maybe 10 or then 15. But it won't be going back but the temptation will be to go back and it's in those slightly messy moments further into the kind of crisis or off the map if you don't know your why and you don't know your purpose you're not going to be able to filter the options in front of you and so in the first few weeks of a crisis nobody has any options really but it's as you get into the new normal and the options arise that if you if you know why you exist and what you're for you're able then to filter all of this and to make wise decisions which yeah. leads neatly, I think, Indeed. you could see me, you'd see I was smiling, into the second key lesson, which are there kind of three principles um, that are picked up in the book. Um, will I say, say these? Or do you yeah, you go for it. You go for it. So they are listen, interpret and intervene, although I've added intervene slash innovate because I quite like innovate. Um, but the idea is that the first thing you need to do is, is listen um uh, what's going on what are different voices saying what are you hearing and because if you're not listening you're not going to pick up an idea of what's happening and listening is one of the hardest things for us all to do the second thing is to interpret um so what is being said how do you filter out why people are saying what they're saying or what you're hearing just so so listen and interpret and that is an exercise that involves others so if you're thinking about yeah. this as a family you'd be doing it as a family and then intervention or innovation is this idea of well what steps do we need to take in order to um fulfill our purpose to to get to the pacific if you're lewis and clark so for yeah. them for them they had to get rid of their canoes and find some horses and pick up a an indian guide 
so I think at this moment of a business in North Africa that was making personal protective equipment um, at, at a small scale level, um, and they decided as a whole that they would self-isolate um, from their families in order to, um, to, to make as much money as they could um, and serve hospitals um, within their business reach. Um, and so they went into to isolation, 40 employees from their families for a month in order to, um, to make sure that they could continue making the PPE at the rate that they wanted to. And, and so they, <clears throat> they were listening to what was going on. They were interpreting um, that swiftly actually there's, there's a need and we have an opportunity to do that but we have to isolate from our families in order to make this safe and not bring this business down and then their intervention was right we're we're going and we're able to we're able to supply just once that's just one small example of of that process of listening um, interpreting and intervening are, are the um, the coffee shop down the gloucester road that uh realized they would have to close and um instead has become a kind of portal for local independent producers because that's where they got all of their stock and so as well as queuing outside well-known supermarkets you can queue outside what up until six weeks ago was a coffee shop and you can buy effectively the produce that they were buying from their local producers or um somebody was saying like uh, one of the the independent ice cream people um if this was the bbc i wouldn't be allowed to name them but i think it's marshfields have basically opened up an online shop and so these people have kind of gone there are people who want our stuff yeah, yeah. other ways of and it's that it's that sense of being able to pivot because you kind of know what your why and, and interestingly enough for the coffee shop the why the why was beyond just a place for people to sit and have a coffee it was also about connecting the people of this area with well-sourced local produce. And so you can yeah. carry on doing that, even if you can't make smash an avocado. And, um, and, and Indeed. So it is, it is possible for people to knit their own hummus still on the Gloucester road. Um, uh, so, so um, the, the, this, the second key lesson is about is, is interpret um, listening, interpreting, intervening, but there are some issues behind that that we face distinctively as Christians. And um, so people, anyone can do those three if they're a Christian or not. But for us as Christians, we want to do that with God. Wayne, could you, could you help us to understand what are the, 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 the issues that you think underlie our capacity to do that as Christians? Uh, so I've, I, I've got three things that jumped out. Um, trusting in God, uh, knowing that God guides us, and our understanding of the culture around us so firstly trusting in god if i'm going to go off the map and i'm going to go into hard territory i know not just a head I, I know that i need a head and a heart understanding and experience of the goodness of god yeah so uh, if i um, fall into what is a kind of a, a beginnings of a heresy of the modern world just called moral ther therapeutic deism i believe that god wants me to to be a good person and then he'll be good to me and um, when things go wrong which generally is kind of like a lot of life anyway yeah. in these situations and um, i'm going to struggle to trust in him whereas if i know that actually the big word is god is omnibenevolent he wishes good in all circumstances if i believe that about god and i believe what it says in romans 8 that in all things it doesn't mean he sent all things but in all things he is at work for his goodness and for my goodness that i will trust him um, off the map, whether it be an incident in my own life or whether it be an incident in my family's life or in culture. Um, and that's, that's got to be, that's the foundation. And what's interesting, so for us as Christians, that's where we've got to have a, yeah. a, a 
trust in the goodness of God. So when I face the um, the death of a family member or redundancy or the threat of illness um, or a significant change to my the pattern of my life, um, omnibenevolent, um, I can trust that God is good in all circumstances. What's the second thing that you want us to hear? Um, that, that we need to know that God guides us. So, so God, so mm. we are not robots our lives are not pre-programmed and pre-planned and there's nothing we can do about them predetermined but nor are uh, nor is god uh, remote and distant uh, and far removed and letting us get on with stuff but he is present and active in our lives and um and and at times frustratingly so he chooses to work with us uh, and invite us to walk with him and work with him and so therefore there's this sense that that actually there is that God has his ways and his purposes that he wants to share with us and invite us to join with them in. And so we need to we need to learn to seek his guidance. Um, and I think we've talked about these on this podcast before, but the, the five CSs from the Alpha course are utterly brilliant ways of applying yes. how God is guiding me. Uh, so they are commanding scripture. What does the Bible say about my situation? Compelling spirit deep down inside what is my what is my spirit god's spirit saying to me the council of the saints what are wise people i trust and listen to saying circumstantial signs what kind of makes me go oh that's weird why did that happen and then also common sense because i've been given common sense and and using those five um and and saying god where are you guiding us and what are you doing so for example if we as a church said right we're not allowed to meet in the church building let's not just do any meetings of any form or whatever. I know everybody's going online, but let's not bother going online. Let's just leave everybody to themselves. Somebody could say, well, commanding scripture says, do not give up meeting together. Indeed. Um, and, and common sense would say, actually, I think you need one another. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so those are good. You can, um, we'll, we'll put a link to um, that session of the Alpha course on the bottom of um, this post on the website. Um, so you can find out more about those. What's the third of those three? So trust in God, let God guide you. And then I think we need, and then understand your culture. Um, we need to understand that despite all its goodness, that our culture is fallen. And as a fallen culture, it will have aspects that point to the goodness of God. So we're already talking in our street about how we're going to have a socially distanced tea party at three o'clock on uh, this coming Friday to celebrate yeah. the E-Day and drag out the speaker and listen to Winston Churchill and it will be brilliant and it will be community and we will watch out for one another so there's yeah. lots of goodness in the world but the world is fallen and so alongside compassion and service and community we will also see and we are seeing a lot of this already in this season fragility fear yeah. And the finite nature of life I don't quite know everything and then also at times downright selfishness and sin so um, a friend of mine who works for somebody who works, I'm not trying to run any city bankers down who are leading, who, who, um, who are listening. <laughs> a friend of mine who works for a city banker said he, he, he's, he, this is, these are the seasons he lives for because this is where he makes most of his money out of everybody else's mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so actually yeah. it, we need to understand that our cult and, and what our culture is doing is our culture. If it doesn't trust in God, we'll be trusting in something else. So yeah. our scientists and our wisdom to find a vaccine and to sort, to work it all out. Um, and our tr our culture, if it doesn't ask God to guide us, will be seeking guidance somewhere or from somebody else. And our culture will also have a view on itself, which is actually that it's a wonderful thing and that it's a brilliant thing and that we could all work together and yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Um, and so, so there's, an, there's an aspect of, of Christians reading culture 
and not saying it's all bad, but understanding it's fallen nature and therefore potentially saying, I choose not to listen to these voices in this season, but I choose to follow God. Indeed. <clears throat> so as a church, we have sought to go through that process of uh, listening to what's going on, uh, listening both to um, the, the voices in the media. Um, uh, but because we understand culture, we've not been shaped by those voices in our response. And there's a really interesting article written by Tom Holland in The Telegraph um, about um, the, the church's response that we'd recommend everyone have a read of and essentially um, critiquing the church for, for behaving like a, a slightly um, strange um, uh, add-on to social services or the welfare state and, and what is it that's distinctive about us and so we, we've listened to culture listened to what the world has, has been saying in, in the media but we, we listen to it at a distance um, knowing that actually we can trust in God and that God will guide us to, to say something and, and actually we're, we are live in that process so what we talked about with our church council on Monday night is that we have been listening, we are interpreting what God is saying and we're going to bring some intervention or innovation in in the coming weeks and um, that will help us to continue on the journey that he set us on because um we uh, we we know that he's been good in guiding us to where we are but we also know that we're off the map now and we and we now need to um uh, apply the same pioneering spirit to what is ahead um uh, but but learning um from god as we do that and the thing about going off the map is Lewis and Clark knew that the Pacific existed because other people had been there. They knew the Columbia River existed because other people had went down it. So they knew where they were headed. And um, anybody who does undergraduate theology, uh, both James and I have, James has done postgraduate theology. Well, actually, no, we've both done postgraduate theology yeah. as well. Anyway, but anybody who does undergraduate theology at some point has to read an essay by a guy called Nicholas Lash, uh, and, uh, who talks about performing the scriptures. And he talks about how, as Christians, we are uh, actors in a play. Uh, and there have been previous acts that have been written for us all the way up to the New Testament. And there is another act, the final act, that has also been written for us, the book of Revelation. And we find ourselves in the church between the, um, the last act and the act that went before. And because we know the acts that came previously, and because we know how the story ends, we are called to, to improvise, but in a way that is consistent with what went before and what's coming ahead. So even though we're off the map, we know where we're headed and we know what it looks like. And so that um, kind of helps us in this season. So as Christians, we're never, we're never fully off the map because actually we know where we're going yeah. and we know yeah. who's going there with us. And that gives us a sense of confidence in this adventure as well. Thank you, Wayne. Um, so you've listened to Morty Vicker. Um, thank you so much. We hope that the lessons that we've been talking about and we've been trying to apply in our lives will help you as you think about what it means to follow Jesus um, and love the world that he came to save. Thanks for listening.